Blog Talk Radio. Radio show. We've got an unusual one today, don't we, Mondo? Yes, it's very unusual. Um, we're actually this is the first Pirate Monk Radio show where there'll actually not be a show. <laughs> yeah, this is the non-show show, even though you're hearing voices. So these are actually voices in your head. Yes. So if exactly. you're hearing voices right now, you should seek professional help because there is no show today. Here's yeah. here's what's happening. As as you know, uh Nate and Allie have been going through some uh some medical issues and Allie has got news back, as some of you who follow uh Nate on Facebook know, uh she has found out that she does have some cancer and they are with doctors right now, finding out what they're going to be doing surgery-wise. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, Allie's spirits are certainly up because she is just that kind of lady. But as those of you that have gone through this uh, path know, it is, uh, boy, those first few weeks feel like a surreal experience. It's like you're in a exactly. whole whole new world. So exactly. keep Nate. Keep Nate and Allie in your prayers. Uh, Producer Jay on a cruise ship somewhere. It seems well, like no, everybody actually, goes you know on. What? There's a correction. He's in England. I oh, he's in it. England. He's, yeah, I just saw we it. Just, you know, we just he's... assume everybody's on cruises when the they're cruise not ships. here. Yes. He's in the UK right now. Because we're yep. jealous because we don't go on cruises, you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we don't. We actually stay uh, in, in to do the radio show. is more important to us. <laughs> now, now you can set the record straight right now, Mondo. It has nothing Let's to do, do with water and the fact that okay. you're African American. Tell people right now that that's not the reason, right? That's not the reason. I, yeah, uh, yeah, not at all, not at all, man. Because um, I was, I was warned when when I adopted my son from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have a friend, and I think I, I told you this. Mm-hmm. She is this. She's the most jolly African-American woman I've ever met. And she said, now you know, you can't take them near water. We don't swim. And you can't yeah. take them to the snow either because that's just frozen water. And I thought, you're not allowed to say that, but I guess you can say it. Dude, so, he's not a gremlin. He's not a gremlin. I mean, you, can, you, know, what, what, you know, don't take him near water. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> See, that's ridiculous. That's actually funny. Uh, he's going to start multiplying. I'm going to have just orphans all over the houses. I have new children everywhere. That is funny. See, I wish I had thought of that response right there. You've prepared me, although I don't think anybody else is ever going to say that to me because (laughs) I had no response when she said that. My my mouth was setting a gape. That is awful. uh, (laughs) It it is awful, but uh, I was shocked. 
So you have set the record straight on the cruise. That's not why you're on the cruise. It's because we're here on the Pirate Monk Radio Show. Yep. And uh, we had a guest lined up that fell through, but we're going to get him back because yep. uh, Jeff Chu was going to be on the show today, and he has written a book that is uh, called Does Jesus Really Love Me? A Gay Christian's Pilgrimage in Search of God in America. Mm-hmm. And it is a book that raises some really interesting and yeah. hard questions and Absolutely. boy this this issue of what how should the church be loving the mm-hmm. gay community both inside and outside the church and i think mm-hmm. there's that idea that well the gay community is all outside of the church man if people think that then right. they've already lost the battle to love the gay community yeah because yeah, I'm really there excited. Are I'm really, right around them. I'm really excited to have him on the show. I think uh, you know this is uh, this is kind of good that we kind of prepare our listeners to look out for the time we do have Jeff on. Uh, it'd be really good uh, to make sure you guys tune in to check out Jeff. It'd, it'd be a very good show that day. So and that day actually will be great for questions and for call-ins and emails, man, because I know that there's going to be a lot of questions uh, concerning uh, Jeff's book and even some of his testimony. So it'd be great. So that that is a big heads up. Um, we would love to get your questions for Jeff, who uh, spent a, a lot of time. In fact, he spent how long did he spend? He spent a year. Uh, here, here's a quote: He embarked on a year of travel by plane, bus, and train, and brainwave, asking the question that have long frightened me. My hope was to find answers at last. My plan was to crisscross America as well as the spectrum of American Christianity. My goal was to understand who those who call themselves followers of Christ start from who they start from the same point, a God man who lived two thousand years ago and left behind a church with his name on it, but ended up in radically different places on the issue of God, the church, and homosexuality. Right. So he spent a year going to churches, interviewing people and pastors. He went to the Westboro Baptist Church. Those of you that see in the news that church that pickets in the most inappropriate places with the most inappropriate signs, he went to that church and sat in the homes of that family uh, and just talked to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine many people with that kind of courage Right. And so he has a lot to say in this year's journey of just saying, all right, I'm going to look at every part of those who call themselves Christians and every right. part of this thing that we call the church and try to come to some conclusion. So send in your questions uh, for a guy that really put his life into yeah. this search for answers. So how is it going for you, Mondo? You're sitting in a studio right now. Yeah. Things are great, man. Um fighting a little bit of a sinus issue, but uh, overall, things are great. I'm in uh, the studio downtown Nashville recording uh, a young artist on uh, iShine, and uh, we are busy all week and a lot of work to do. Had a great day yesterday. Looking forward to another day today. So things are wonderful, man. We're uh, just rocking away. Long days, you know, tiring, but very productive. So things are good here, man. Uh, As long as I can get this funk out of my face, I'll be all right. But uh, everything is good, man. Cool. So, as long as it's not affecting your ears. 
No, not affecting my ears. Now, if this is now last week it was, but to, but today I'm good. Yesterday and today I'm been fine. So, but, uh, but yeah, things are good, man. So we'll have to check up on Nate later, and uh, I'm sure Jay sent us an email as far as updates with Jeff, and we'll we'll get Jeff on uh, on the show. I, I would encourage all the guys to who are listening to Google Jeff Chu before the podcast. That way, you guys can send in letters and be prepared with questions when you get, when you guys do call in. So. Uh, do do that if you have time to do so. That'd be great. So God's been. Uh, we were talking before the show about some yeah. some reminder lessons that God's been teaching me. So and okay, that's question now. Question question now. Okay. So let, let's let's back it up because I asked you how you were doing. And uh, usually people kind of give you the oh, I'm doing all right. You know things are fine. Well, you kind of I'm, I'm not good at. Yeah, I'm you're, not, you're not, I'm good, not at good at that answer. <laughs> no, no, you kind of unloaded on me. So, uh, so let, let's reenact it. So, Aaron, hey, how, how you doing, man? You good today? How's what's up? <laughs> I'm processing my, I'm processing my lessons. <laughs> Sorry, I have concrete in my lungs right now. Um, okay. <laughs> I, so the lesson started when I was 19 and I got married. Uh, and I moved back to the central coast here in San Luis Obispo. I, the week that I turned 20, I got a job with Child Evangelism Fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I, I was getting paid uh, a, a very little amount of money. Okay. And I remember I got a second job uh, leading the children's choirs at a Christian school. All right. And I was super idealistic. At that time, mm-hmm. at that time, not anymore. I'm I'm a softer, gentler Aaron now. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking, I'm already paid to work with and teach children, so it is not right for me to take money to be working with and teaching children at this school. Now I look back on that and think that was stupid. I mean, really, that was unnecessary. Yeah, yes, it was. But that that was my conviction when okay. I was. 20 years old. And so that was cool. And so the thing was, I said, God, I'm not going to double dip in your kingdom. Mm. You take care of of this problem. And I was just absolutely convinced that uh, he was going to have more money come into this nonprofit organization that I worked for and that, uh, you know, God would take care of it. Mm -hmm. And within the uh, probably within the week, I all of a sudden started getting these sound jobs, getting paid twenty dollars an hour mm-hmm. to do uh, sound two and three times a week, and so I, I ended up making as much money doing these sound jobs as I was making at Child Evangelism Fellowship. Mm-hmm. But the problem was I was having to work a whole nother job. Right. And I remember complaining to God, saying, "Hey, I appreciate, you know, you taking care of the bills, but seriously, it's a whole other job. Now I'm doing three jobs." Well, that that has been the mo between me and God over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. and in the last few years, as we planted uh, this little church that we call a refugee church, uh, wow. it, it's part of the way we view this is there's a lot of people that come in hurt by church and often that hurt 
is because they felt taken advantage of in the past. So right. we don't ask for anybody's money. People give yeah. as they want to give, as they feel led to give, but we don't talk about money, and we don't ask for money. Right. And the church doesn't have any money. So month to month, if there's money to pay me and the other guy that uh, is the co-pastor of the church, then we get our salary. And mm-hmm. if there's not money, then we don't get paid our salary. Right. Well, there are times where we don't have enough money to pay our bills. And so right. this was one of those months. Mm. And that's okay. that's very stressful for yep. especially my bride. It, it concerns mm-hmm. her when we can't pay yeah. our rent or our electric bill. Yeah. And so last Saturday, she came down to my to my pub where I was working, and uh, she expressed her feelings. Okay. And within five minutes, I get a call, and we just say, "Hey, we got it. This is God's deal. This this is the way we're doing it. This is God's problem." Yeah. Right. And once again, in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, God, seriously, you own the back cattle on a thousand hill. Right. Back a thousand hill, come on. Sell, sell some cattle, send in a check. You know, we yeah. got to pay our yeah. rent. <laughs> yep. And within five minutes of that conversation and that prayer, I get a call. Like, this is clearly a God moment. And the call says, hey, there's this job mixing concrete for the next two weeks. You want to come make concrete. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking two thoughts. Wow, that is such a God thing. Yeah. And the second thought is, no, I don't want to mix concrete for two weeks. <laughs> so, so you mean to tell me that God just didn't call you and say, hey, Aaron, check your mailbox. <laughs> you didn't say that? <laughs> he didn't say there's a check in your mailbox. And I oh. And I always love... Yeah, you know, I I hear a lot of stories of people that say like I had this need and then I got a I got the money and I've been given money at exactly the right moment that's exactly the right amount like that's happened and I yeah, like yeah. those stories. Yeah. But more often than not, God says, "Hey, I'm going to take hey, care of you. Here you go. <laughs> you pick up a shovel. You're you're going to be working, you know, eight yeah, hours yeah. doing this." And then while uh-huh. concrete's drying, you're going to go sit in your car and write sermons and make phone calls to people or rush off to do a counseling meeting covered in yeah. dirt. There you go. And, uh, and I, part of it is dealing with those feelings of, God, this doesn't seem fair. And, yeah. and what I mentioned to you before, God was, gave me a, a good swat because mm-hmm. the second that I thought, God, couldn't you just send a check? I mean, you sent manna just out of the sky that just fell on the ground, and people just picked it up and ate it. And God immediately mm-hmm. said, yeah, but they complained about that, too. Do you really yeah. think you wouldn't find something to complain about in that? And I went, oh, okay. Yeah. And the reality you know, is... You know, if, if you would have got, got a check in the mail, you realize it probably wouldn't have been enough to you. You know what you I mean? Know, it's, it's never yeah, enough. You, you, like, you would have found something wrong with that. You know, but that's kind of right. like, that's human. That's human nature. I mean, you know, we, we tend to say, oh, thank you, but why not? Or, oh, this is great, but how come? You know what I mean? And so it's, it's kind of cool that he he provided the way he's providing for you, man. I mean, it's, it's honestly more to this than just the financial uh, side of it. There's, I, there's something more that you're going to receive while you're out there pouring concrete, man. 
I mean, that's that's uh, I know you may not know that now, but I promise you, you'll know pretty soon. Well, and it's so true because, uh, and, and I'm getting stared at right now by a guy because I'm actually on a big ranch, and the person's looking at me like, "Why are you parked out here?" So on the radio live, I'm about to get in trouble and and excuse myself <laughs> for where I'm parked. Okay. It's going to be awesome. So listeners, okay. you are so involved in awesome yeah. live action. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the the amazing thing yeah. is uh, he he's waving to me, but that's not good enough. He's still going to come over. There has already been so much stuff just in these conversations where God says, you kidding me? I am totally taking yeah. care of you. And the people right. that I'm working with, right. that right. I get to have conversations. I'm working with a guy from the church. Hold on one mm-hmm. second. Okay. How are you doing? I'm working over here with Joey. I just had to make a phone call away from the noise. Wow, you don't get any more live than that. that there you go. You don't get, you don't get, you don't get more life. live than that, man. That's great. It, it doesn't get more live than that. Nope. So just getting to be with someone from the church and have these mm-hmm. great conversations about life, and he's a newlywed, and uh, right. his, his wife, he's having his first baby appointment today, okay. and so we sure. get to talk about, you know, he's been married just probably about a year now, and they're mm-hmm. just uh, just started their first pregnancy, and we've had mm-hmm. such great conversations. So there's not better pastoral time in the world than being mm-hmm. out in the sun, uh, working together and talking. And so the complaints are so petty, yeah. and God is so good in caring mm-hmm. for his people. Yeah. But God always has that third way of taking care of things. Right, that's true. And I and that's I true. start to think of the the people that I love in the church who are struggling with sickness and they think, Here's my prayer, God. My prayer mm-hmm. is this is my need mm-hmm. and I'm asking you to take care of it, but I'm also prescribing right. the method that I want you to take care of it. Right. And how often do I come to God telling him not only what I desire, but how I desire how it to be taken care of. And God yeah. says, oh, actually, I had a path that was less right. convenient to your schedule. It oh, was man. going to take a lot more time. It was going to take more energy. Uh, it, it's just not what you would have chosen, but it's really going to be better. Manna yeah. wasn't going to be best for this situation. And, yeah, yeah I can do a healing there, but really yeah. this path this yeah. path of cancer is going mm-hmm. to be better for you. He said, no, sickness is never better. Really? Right. Because I right. seem to remember Paul asking three <laughs> times, hey, God, mm-hmm. can you take this this thorn in my flesh away? And God's saying, oh, no, that mm-hmm. thorn in your flesh is really better for you. My power is going to be made perfect in yeah. your weakness. So I'm going to make it a little harder for you. And this is Paul. Life was already hard (laughs) enough. Right. Oh, dude. So here's what's interesting, man. I mean, that very thing, um, let me me give you a a real-time application of what's going on in my life right now concerning that point. Um, I got a call Monday, well, Sunday and Monday. Uh, Sunday, I get a phone call, get a voicemail from my buddy. And he's a his friend where he's got some stuff going on. Uh, we've had a little bit of tension over the years with childhood friends. Um, 
and I've been really praying for for him to have some sort of reconciliation, you know, with over some issues or whatever. And uh, because we've having, I've been praying for, okay, Lord, how how can we get to some sort of, you know, resolution? How can we come to a, 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 a table and really come together as friends, how we used to be? So on Sunday, he leaves a voicemail, and, you know, I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't feeling good, so I didn't answer it. He calls me again on Monday, which is unlike him. He, he called me back, and he says, hey, man, you know, I apologize, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. Let's, you know, and we kind of have this come to Jesus meeting, if you will. And I said, well, what brought you to this? Like, you know, he's like, man, I hit rock bottom. I feel like crap, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, what brought you to this? He said, well, I realized how crazy I was being, you know, once, you know, my my dad died two days ago, and I just hit rock bottom. And he was my best friend and everything to me, and now that he's gone, I realize how much of an idiot I've been to him and other people. And and so, of course, I'm thinking like like just five minutes ago, I was praising the Lord for reconciliation. But then when he tells me it came by way of his father passing, it's like, man, that, that you know what I mean? I, it, I wanted it, but I didn't want it like that, you know. I, and, I uh, didn't want it. I didn't want it like that. Yeah. I think this is this is what we have to remember. There have been so many books on heaven mm-hmm. and uh what heaven is like. When I was growing up in the Christian school that I was mm-hmm. at from kindergarten through eighth grade, I yeah. honestly and this this was my secret, I did not look forward to heaven. Because all that was talked about were streets paved with gold, mansions, which when I was a kid, I never liked being inside so much as I liked playing outside. I liked playing baseball outside, and I lived with the Salinas River in my backyard, and I liked playing out in the river and making forts. So, great, I have a mansion I have to be in all the time. And then there was this, uh, I I don't know if it was taught or caught, but it it was kind of this idea that you were going to be in a choir, and you were just going to sing all day every day in heaven. And I'm like, oh, crap. That was one of my least favorite parts of growing up in the church was you always ended up in a choir. And I never liked yeah. choirs. I hear you. Uh, so hear I'm that. like, what? Eternity, it seemed like a very long time to just yeah. walk on shiny streets and sing in choirs. I feel you, yeah. And, and then I looked at First Corinthians 13 in a new way. First Corinthians 13 is usually looked at as is the love passage, right? It's always read at weddings, love is right, passion, love is right, passion, all that. Right. But right. there's there's another key element where Paul is talking about eternity. Mm-hmm. He says we've got all these gifts. There's gifts of prophecy yeah. and gifts of tongues and gifts of wisdom, but all of those things will pass away. Only mm-hmm. three things will remain. Now, he says they're going to pass away, and we realize that means pass away when this world ends, mm-hmm. so when mm-hmm. the temporal, physical world ends, but these three things will remain into eternity, so now we're talking about heaven. Right. These three things that remain are faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two things that struck me uh, probably 12 years ago. One was that in heaven... I will still possess and need and live with faith, which blew my mind because I always assumed when I got to heaven, 
I wouldn't need faith because I'm in the presence of God, so why would I need faith? Because here on earth, I need faith because I don't see God. I'm not in the right. physical manifested presence of God. But now I know there's going to be faith adventures and journeys in heaven. Man, right. that's the best part of life is having mm. faith and living in faith. But mm-hmm. then, hope. Now, I never respected hope because I had this record growing up, and it was the story mm. of Pandora's box. Okay. And uh, here was this story about little Pandora. She opens the box, and all the evil gets let out in the world, and she closes it. And mm. then this little voice comes, and it says, Wait, wait, let me out too. And she goes, <laughs> Who are you? And she says, I'm hope. And I kid you not, my entire theology on hope was formed from this story record. I always saw hope as this pathetic, small, hello, I'm hope. It's weak. It's impotent. I mean, it's cool. You should have some hope. It's just like a little paprika. No, no, paprika is too strong. It's like, uh, pick your weakest seasoning in your seasoning rack. That's hope. Not true. Uh Faith is the thing that substantiates, gives substance to hope. Hope is one of the greatest weighty things in our life, and hope is ever-growing in Christians' lives. So if I consider for a minute that when I was in kindergarten, I had hope. I I told them, actually, I remember my hope in preschool. I loved, there was a, there was a car that I could sit in and it had pedals and a steering wheel. I loved it. And I would put on a fireman's hat and I would drive around. I didn't actually want to be a fireman. I just liked the hat. And so my greatest hope in kindergarten was to get to the recess yard first so I could drive the car. That was my whole hope. That was it. Yeah. It was pretty small. Then by the time I got into elementary school, uh, I had a little greater hope. Uh, By the time I got to later elementary school, I wanted to get to junior high. And the only reason I wanted to get to junior high was because I wanted a locker. I wanted my own space so I could put an organizer in it, a plastic organizer. Now, I never kept my locker organized, but I loved the idea of an organizer. Now, that's a pretty small hope, too. And if people started thinking back, They think, okay, I got a little older and I hope to get my driver's license. I hope to get a girlfriend. Then I hope to get married or have kids or go to college. Every stage of life, your hopes get a little bigger. If I consider that when I get to heaven, I will still have hopes, which means this forward-looking longing that I trust God for in faith. And when I die and step into eternity, my hopes will be as big as my vision is. Just like when I got to be 16 and I could drive, all of a sudden my hopes were as big as I could go in my car. I cannot even comprehend how exciting my hopes will be in heaven, but I'll still have hope. And it'll be activated by faith. So I could always comprehend that love was in heaven. But eternity is going to have faith and it's going to have hope as part of my day-to-day living for the rest of eternity. Now, heaven sounds fun to me. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I hear you. 
But now, step back to the other part that relates to what we're talking about. This wasn't uh, an irrelevant tangent. We are living in eternal life right now. I hate, 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 and I don't use that word lightly, when we talk about eternal life as being something that starts when we die. That's stupid. Because as Christians, we believe that death is just a kind of sleep that we wake up into the next day of life. Right, right. So if I believe that death is not an end but a continuation of my life, then then it means the true kingdom eternal life started when I came to Christ. So I am in eternal life at this thinking moment. So why in the world am I waiting for eternal life to start when I die? That's stupid. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that I will take three things with me that I'm experiencing now. They will not be left here. What I experience in faith, hope, and love today will continue to grow. I will take them. I will remember them. They will be a part of me. But what makes my life significant, because this little life that I live right now is not even a blip in eternity. So what's the point? I have this miserable suffering, this life apart from the glorious presence of God's kingdom. That seems like lame. Take me to heaven. But God says, no, man. I get the opportunity for these few short years These years of not being able to pay the bills, of getting to pour concrete and hang out with a dude who just got married and we get to talk about life, to experience faith and hope and love in a way that I will never for the rest of eternity get to experience because I'll be in the presence of God's kingdom. These few short years, just this blip in eternity, is a gift I will never be given again. Right. But faith and hope usually only come easily in hardship. When things are going easy, I I don't even bother with faith and hope. I cruise. Right. And so in the hardship, God says, hey, dude, seriously, the rest of eternity... You're not going to get this opportunity to struggle with this faith and hope in me. Take this gift. I promise you it's worth it. It's going to be over so soon, and you'll never get this chance again because you're going to be in my kingdom. What a gift struggles are. What a gift pain is. You want to find purpose in pain. That's, for me, the biggest purpose in struggling. Right. But, oh, how yeah. I need the the lessons like I've had this week for God to say, hey, I thought you believed all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot I believed that stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> You're right. Well, it, it, well, it takes the heat, man. We learn in the heat, and we exercise faith and hope in, in the heat. It's, uh, again, when it's, when it's the cool of the day, we're kind of cruising. I agree with that, and I think most most of us listening to you right now can can agree with that, man. And and relate to, you know, we tend to be on our face, like every inch of our face is plastered on the ground at the Lord's feet when it's hot, when you know things are falling apart, when 
it seems like there's nothing to live for, no hope. We are just scratching for for faith and for hope and for God's for God's uh, for, for God's presence in our life and His blessing, His favor. But you know, those times, man, I admit that we're all guilty of it. It gets you know pretty much cruising. You get your little you know convertible cruising down the street, and you're like passing church by, like you know Jesus, who? Oh yeah, that's right. He's awesome. He got me this. He he got me this car. You know, you're like, you know, and but then all of a sudden, two seconds later, you crash that car and all hell breaks loose. And now we're back on our face again, you know, and it's uh, I think we can all relate to that. But, you know, I don't I don't want to be fair weather follower of Christ. I don't I don't want to be a, a conditional follower or a conditional faithful Christian. You know what I mean? And I'm really been convicted over the last few years of my life, man, where I'm like, man, I'm shady. You know, when it comes to my faith sometimes, man, it's like, why don't, you know, I, I pray for placement and I mean, for, for favor and provision, and God blesses you with it through some trials and testing, and you get through that test, and then all of a sudden you just kind of forget everything you just went through. You know, the, the gratitude yeah. and the, the, the thankful heart just kind of dissipates, like it just evaporates until it gets hot again. And you're like, oh, crap, that's right, let me grab my Bible. You know, it's like it's just back and forth tango that we do, unfortunately. And uh, you know, I think all well, and of we that. and we listen to what you just said. I forget until it gets hot again, and then we wonder why God's okay with keeping us in the heat. Exactly. We need the heat. We it it is His love that that has Him saying no. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna keep you in this hard place. So the big yep. question for me in my life is, uh, I'm packing up to go home because I'm mm-hmm. not home yet. Yeah. But I know, according to First Corinthians, I get to pack some bags because it, oh, yeah. it's going with me. So yep. am I gonna pack a couple big old freaking roller bags that I get to take to the airport? This awkward and I can barely even carry them because it's so full of faith and hope and love that God has allowed me to experience in this life, and I get to take it with me? Or am I one of those fanny pack people? And I'm like, hey, you know, I spent this 80 years, and I got a little fanny pack of faith, hope, and love. Screw right. that. Yeah, 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 I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I you know you. what? <laughs> let's, let's take the heat. Let's take yep. it because life isn't that long. Right. And right. I don't know why or how it'll be worth it to pack right. this luggage, right. but I know it will be. And I don't want to waste this time. And when I look at other Christians yeah. and I see them trying to get out of their faith and their hope and their love yeah. experiences, yeah. my heart breaks because I yeah. want them to pack some baggage to take home. I want them to yeah. take some souvenirs mm-hmm. of this broken world. Because right. that is gold that you get to mine here. Yep. And it's beautiful yes, it stuff. Man. Dude, I had so no that's idea what... that we were gonna go basically go in and have a devotional on the on the radio show today. But to me, man, that was timely. And uh I dude, this has been great, man. Well, I'm just trying to kill time because I gotta turn the car around and and go pour uh, a ton of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, boy, uh, concrete, let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 
I hear you. I'm, I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm in the mood now, so I'm ready to go. Pirate yeah. Monk friends, go and yeah. take on the day. Go pack a bag and store yeah. it up because we are not home yet, but uh, we do not leave empty-handed. No, we and don't, man. We, and don't forget to send us your letters for when we get Jeff Chu back in here because we want him to answer your questions yeah. uh, when we hit this important and relevant topic of how do we pack some uh, some love in our bags for our homosexual friends, mm-hmm. and we want to do it well. We want to represent Jesus Christ on earth today. And yeah. that is the Pirate Monk Radio Show for this day at the end of May. What do you say, Mondo? <laughs> hey, you guys enjoy the day. Love y'all, and we'll see y'all next week. Give yourself time to hear all of my people to renew your trouble line. Put your hands up. Recovery. Say what?